Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The people that are living in such a way, I still am living like if, if it happens, I do this. This would be my option. It shouldn't be our option if you're a Christian. If you're saying Jesus is the Lord of your life. That shouldn't be something we consider the murder of a child. So uh, the world has an opinion about it. The church should have an opinion about it that's shaped by the word of God. For the believer, it should just be a non-issue. That's wrong. We don't participate. Um, but what if the doctor said my child was going to have a deformity? Then God gave me a child with a deformity and we just don't have to deal with that. There are plenty of arguments for abortion. We live in a society that has made it such a normal thing that we don't look at it in its true light. Murder. Pastor Bill reminds us in today's message that even if the quality of life of that child will be less than, you still have no right to take it. God is almighty and all-powerful, and you never know what miracles he might work in the life of that child or because of the struggle for that life. What we intend for evil, he makes good. Don't underestimate the good that God can do. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 18 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. If I was to rob and kill a woman that was pregnant, I get two murder charges. But if a woman goes in to have a county funded operation to get rid of a baby, it's not considered life, just, just a blob now. No murder charges to be held against this place. So as a church, we need to hold the opinion God's word holds. People fudge on these things. Well, you know, what if it was the result of a rape or molestation or what's still a life? That was bad, but you don't cover up one crime with another. You don't cover up one person's sin by another one on your own part. It's a sin to kill a baby ever, period. If you've done that, obviously, if you've done that in your life, um, I pray, I'm sure by this point you've repented and asked the Lord to forgive you. It's not the unforgivable sin. God will forgive you. I'm not saying these things to make any woman here that did this at some point in her life feel horrible or it beat you down. I'm speaking to the people that are living in such a way or considering that that is an option. If you've done that, then you repent. God loves you. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sins. And you're not under the guilt. You're not under the shame. You're not under condemnation for what you have done. You've confessed it. You've repented of it. You're not doing it any longer. You're okay. You're okay. I'm not, I'm not beating you guys up. I'm not beating anybody up that will fall under that. But I'm saying to people that are living in such a way, I still am living like if, if it happens, I do this. This would be my option. It shouldn't be our option if you're a Christian. If you're saying Jesus is Lord of your life, that shouldn't be something we consider the murder of a child. So uh, the world has an opinion about it. The church should have an opinion about it that's shaped by the word of God. For the believer, it should just be a non-issue. That's wrong. We don't participate. Um, but what if the doctor said my child was going to have a deformity? Then God gave me a child with a deformity, and we're just going to have to deal with that. Uh, a really good friend of mine, some of you guys know him. His name is Dominic. He's a musician. Uh, he used to be a youth pastor years ago. He does music. Uh, his wife had a, had a pregnancy recently. They were told that the baby had a rare condition where um, it didn't have a skull. And so it would either die in the womb or it would die at birth. Uh, as it went through the canal, they would kill it because there was nothing to protect the, the brain and everything else. And so they recommend, the doctors recommend that you just abort that. And they said, no, we won't abort a child. If God gave us a child like that, then we just got to go through it. And it was painful to know the, through the months of her pregnancy that this is what was coming. Uh, very painful throughout the whole pregnancy, but they endured great pain. 
The baby was born God's gift to them. The baby was born alive and it lived for a while and they got to hold it and, and love on it. And they, they, you know, all these different things. And the baby did pass away as suspected, but they left it in God's hands. The doctors are saying, just kill it. Don't go through that. That's painful. But but that's not a, that's a life. You don't do that. You don't take that into your hands. Always leave a life in God's hands. And so so I'm telling us as a church. As they were worshiping Molech in this way, and we would think, that's horrible. It's just a brand new baby and put it in. In our culture, abortion is this. They do abortions. They do late-term abortions where the baby is fully formed, seven months old. I mean, you could have it and it would live. And they stick, a, they stick things in there that cut, basically cut the baby up and suck it out. So it just the baby, you can't hear it cry, but you're just cutting it up and sucking it out while it's alive. And so somebody got to speak up. They can't speak up. As a church, we have to, have, we have to be clear on that. Um, you, as you ladies talk to your girlfriends and somebody's thinking that that's optional, you better school them. Show them pictures. Let them know, like, no, that's, that's, this is what it looks like right now. That's a, that's a life. Give it up for adoption, but don't murder the baby. Moving on. Verse 22. This is the big one uh, in our culture right now, but it's not really big to God. It's always been the same. It's always been weird. It's always been nasty. It's always been a sin. Verse 22. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Interesting, I was looking up the word abomination because some sins, God says, are an abomination. So I'm like, well, what's what's an abomination? I mean, that's that word sounds powerful. You know, it's like it's an abomination. I feel like I should scream that, you know, like what's an abomination? And this is it. It's a God is saying that's a gross sin. I mean, other thing, that's a sin. But that right there. Anybody, you know, some things you'd be like, you know, that, that, that's 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 you shouldn't do that. But that's nasty. God said that right. That's just nasty. Two men. Can I, I don't want to be gross or graphic, but I just want to break this down for you guys. God did a really wonderful thing when he made the man and the woman. He made the man and the woman. He made sex. He made sex pleasurable. He made the anatomy of the man, the anatomy of the woman. He gave the man his parts. He caused them to work the way they work, to be able to come together with the woman and her parts. He made her parts do what it's supposed to do so they can come together and then not be friction and everything be cool. Y'all, you know what I'm saying? He did all that so there's pleasure. Both people can enjoy it. At the end of it, you might get a bundle out of the deal. God said, I hooked that up. I made sex. I made it good. I did that. God did. He made that for marriage. Marriage people, that's my gift to you. Do it. But then what Satan will always do is take something God did and then pervert it. Because Satan wants to steal God's glory. Marriage glorifies God. Our church is pretty, pretty fruitful as far as people making babies. I, I kind of, I'm happy about that. I just, every time I see somebody, we're, we're praying, all right. I'm going to encourage you. Keep doing church growth. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. Because look, look, you get a Christian man and a Christian woman together and they and married. And they at home doing what married folk do, you know, and then babies come, right? Well, I, them, them supposed to be new believers. Look right there. That, that's a whole, the, the church is, we got two Christian parents get a chance to raise up another child for the Lord. Kingdom of God's growing. Little bitty believer. They'll be at church at Sunday school with little verse, Bible verses saying, Jesus loves, you know, they, the God, that's a wonderful thing. God said, I did that. I made it beautiful, right? The picture of a husband and his wife, God says, I use that. I use a picture of a husband and a wife as a picture of me and my church. Um, and so when you think about God says, one day when we get to heaven, there's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. We're going to enjoy eternal love relationship with Jesus. He is the groom. We are the bride. There's going to be a feast. We're going to enjoy intimacy with Jesus and all these things. And God says, I give you this little picture on earth called marriage. 
And as husband and wife come together and the husband's supposed to represent me and the bride's supposed to represent the church and she submits to him, he follows after me and loves her with this amazing love and then they have fruit. They bear fruit. They make babies. Satan says, I'm going to get a dude and a dude. Just some old nasty stuff. Some stuff that don't even work. And I'm going to make that popular. Well, if everybody did that, we'd die off. If every man didn't marry a woman and married a man, we wouldn't have no more babies. Not to mention the fact that it just doesn't work. Uh, God didn't create the, that for that. That is an exit um, for, I mean, I'm not being gross, but that, yeah, that's an exit for the nastiest thing that passes through you. How does that become desirable? I don't know. It's perversion. It's perversion. That's the only way it happens. We live in a culture, though, and I'm, I'm not being funny. We live in a culture right now that it's become popular. Our culture is shoving it down our throats. It's normal. It's okay. Matter of fact, it's a good thing. If you disagree, you're bad. If you disagree, you're hateful. If you disagree, you're a bigot. If you disagree, yah, yah, yah. And I'm saying, no, nah, it's nasty. No, nah, it's wrong. It's a perversion of God's beautiful plan. It'll never be right. It'll never be pure. It'll never be clean. It'll never be desirable. It'll always be a sin. It'll always be less than what God desires. It'll always be a perversion. And it'll always carry the price tag of death. Mind you this. People catch AIDS in a lot of different ways. People catch AIDS from, I got a friend that was a hemophiliac in elementary and uh, always had to have blood transfusions and so forth and so on. You can, get, you can get it through a blood transfusion. You can get it through heterosexual sexual promiscuity. But the main way that that disease is running rampant, spreading our culture is through homosexuality. If you go to an AIDS run, it's almost like going to a gay run, if you, if you have noticed that. Age runs are like gay runs. It's all be rainbow. They done stole God's symbol of it not judging the world again, stole the rainbow as their little thing or whatever. That's the world we live in right now. And we just have to be careful because what happens in the church is people start waffling like, well, maybe God is okay with that. Maybe that's not so bad. Maybe, you know what, our culture is changing, the world is changing. Maybe we need to rethink this whole thing. I'm saying we can't rethink it. You didn't create this. I didn't create sex and marriage. God did. I'm just simply preaching what he said. Now, this is a text, this text here in Leviticus 18. If you're writing notes, write down Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, the way that God kept this from pervading the culture of his people. So if in the camp of Israel, a couple of dudes decided they were going to get together and behave this way, Leviticus 20, 13 said, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, a gross sin. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God said, what we'll do, this back in Leviticus, Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, God says, what we'll do at this time is they will be put to death. What will that accomplish? Well, two things. They won't be doing it anymore. <laughs> so God would do in a couple of days what AIDS would do over many years. You're going to die for what you did. It'll also be an example to everybody else that was thinking it might be a good idea to say, maybe not. Maybe I just want a wife. <laughs> you know, it would be a, it would it would serve as a deterrent, but it was also an, a penalty. Now, the world today, people love non-believers love to go to the Bible and they say, look, the Bible says, you know, you Christians are crazy. The Bible says you got to kill a homosexual and Leviticus 20. Can I remind you? We're in the old covenant. Right. This is this is Leviticus. It was written to uh, the Israelites during this period of time. We know today as New Testament Christians, I'm not killing homosexuals. I'm supposed to go share the gospel with them. 
So I catch a homosexual, I'm not going and saying, let me find me some stones to take care of this dude. You know, but that's not what we're doing. Um, we know that. I hope we know that. We don't hate homosexuals. I don't tease homosexuals. I don't abuse homosexuals. I share the gospel with a homosexual. That's what I'm supposed to do. The good news, what Jesus did for you. Because at the end of the day, when I wasn't saved, I was a heterosexual sinner. And had I died in that sin, I would have went to hell for it. Uh, the people that led me to Christ did not need to apologize for that part of the truth. When I share the gospel with a homosexual sinner, they need to understand if you die in that sin, you, you, you won't go to heaven. You will go to hell. I don't need to apologize for that. It is the truth. So they need to hear the gospel unapologetically in love. And so God tells them here, hey, it's an abomination. Don't do it. Interesting, the very next thing that comes after it. So verse 22, again, you should not lie with a male as a woman. It's an abomination. Verse 23, nor shall you mate with any animal to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Once again, I read some of these things and I think, did, did, did you have to say that, Lord? <laughs> Was that really happening? And it's something that people call, it's called bestiality. It happens. It happens today. I, I was looking into this and there was a report of a man in, I forget what town he was in, but animal control was called. His neighbors saw him abusing his dog in this way and animal control came out and the charges were filed. He got a mugshot and everything. It had to be the most, if I was his mother or dad, I'd be like, why you can't just get a wife? <laughs> like, why would you do such things? But it just proves that these things, they happened. They were happening then. They happen now. And we may look at it and say, how does somebody get that far off? Like, how do you get that far spun out? And I want to explain this because nobody knows how far you're going to end up in your sin once you give way to it. Um, once you give way to sin, once you open the door to sin, you don't know where it's going to take you. Um, you guys remember the guy who was, you know, he, he got life for he was going and taking little boys and molesting them and chopping them up. What was his name? Dahmer, right? Um, you know, he got saved before he died. You guys know that? Uh, what's the guy who used to do the, the, the show? He did a counseling appointment with him. Dobson. Dobson interviewed him uh, before he died. He came to Christ before he died, and he gave an interview. And he explained, I mean, you want to look at the guy that got that far. We was taking little boys and meeting them and finding them, catching them, molesting them, and chopping them up. and killing. How do you get there? Where'd that start at? And he said, as a little boy, young boy, he was walking down the street on the way home from school. And he saw a dirty magazine, picked it up, took it home, hit it. And that was the beginning. Started to uh, indulge in that. Then he started to go and find those things. And so the perversion began in his life through magazines. And it grew and it grew and it grew into that's what it grew into in his life. Now, I'm sure when he was a little boy, and he saw the magazine, he picked it up. He didn't say, one day I'm going to be a crazy fool molesting boys and killing them. But that's where it took him. Everybody that you look at and you think, man, how did a person end up doing, how does somebody become a rapist? How does someone become a molester? How does someone, how did they get there? They started somewhere in some other perversion, some lesser form of perversion. And they've just continued in their perversion and it took them there. I'm sure no one planned to be that, but they ended up being that. And so how do you make sure that you don't get weird, that you don't end up in some sexual perversion, something that is, something that will separate you from God now and forever? You just don't ever mess around with perversion. You don't, you don't start to be perverted. You don't, you don't do things outside the will of God that oppose the word of God in any way. You let God's word be the standard that you stand by, that you stand upon, that you hold to. It will preserve you. It'll keep you from having those kind of doors open. And so verse 24, do not defile yourselves 
with any of these things. And then notice this, for by all these, the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. So everything we just read, God said, look, all these things, the na- when you guys are going into Canaan, the nation I'm getting ready to wipe out in front of you, they do all this mess. So God isn't telling them, don't get into it just because. He's saying, because where you're going, you're going to see some of this stuff. You're going to see people practicing these things. And so I'm giving you a heads up before you get there. Don't get wrapped up in that. Verse 25 now. For the land is defiled. Therefore, I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it and the land vomits out its inhabitants. God says, I judge this nation. These nations that are doing these things, they get judged. I vomit them out. And so one of the ways that God deals with nations that are sinning is is sometimes in cataclysmic destruction, God judges a nation. Sodom and Gomorrah, God judged the whole place. Right. They, they were involved in some homosexual sin and some other sins that they were doing. And God said, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm smoking. them. I'm wiping them off. And he grabbed Lot and his people and he pulled them out of there. And Lot's wife didn't want to go. And she got stuck as a, you know, thing of salt or whatever. And she and God rained down fire and brimstone. <laughs> Check this out. The elements of hell. God rained it down. They died. The elements of hell rained down on them before they went to hell. And now they still in hell. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. God said, that's that's it. I'm wiping them out for that thing. So when you look at the things that God says, now I got to say this too, right? Are all sins the same before God? No. I hate Christians be saying out here that I hear pastors, Christians, all sin is the same. No, 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 it's not. How you know it's not the same? You read your Old Testament, right? How come God will kill you for this sin and you got to go wash your behind for that one? They ain't the same sin. How come for this sin right here, you got to go and, 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 and make restitution, but for this sin here, ain't no restitution. You're going to die for that today. Then that means that that thing is worse, right? If I steal your dime, I steal some coins off your dresser, I stole. That's a sin, right? If I come kill a family member, that's different. God, it's not the same thing. Our judicial system figured that out. If I steal a few dollars, I'm going to get in trouble. But if I murder somebody, I'm going to be in a lot more trouble. Um, God is not dumb. All sin is not the same. In one sense, right, all sin is the same. The smallest sin or the biggest sin at the end of the day need to be washed. They need to be forgiven by Jesus Christ. But in God's sight, they're not all the same. The penalty is greater for some things than for other things. And so God says some of these things he says, hey, that's an abomination. That's just wrong. That's just a gross sin. Um, so we don't want to, I don't want to adopt that attitude. Well, you know, it's just them doing a little bit of that, just like this little bit of that over there. No, God said, no, nah, that's a, a couple more books will be in Romans. And Romans, we're going to see that there's a, a, a moral decline. And at the end of the decline, you have homosexuality. It, it swirls on down to that. Um, starts off with just not honoring God, not acknowledging him as God, worshiping other things. And it swirls on down to that sort of sin. Not all the same. They don't all carry the same consequence. God says about sexual sin. That it's the one sin that you do that sins against your very being. It's sins against your own body. It's different in its impact. It's different in how it will affect you. It's different. And so um, for these things, God says, I, I, am, I am vomiting the inhabitants of the land. I vomit them out. Verse 26 on down. Verse says, 26 says, you shall therefore keep my statutes, my judgments, and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nations or any stranger who dwells among you. For all these abominations, the men of the land have done who were before you and thus the land is defiled. 
So once again, God says, the people where you're going, they've been doing this stuff. That's why the land is defiled. Verse 28, lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it as it vomited out the nations who were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the person who commits them shall be cut off from among their people. So first we dealt with national sins. I'll vomit you out. Now God says personal sin. For whoever does these things, you're going to be cut off from among your people. Uh, we talked about being cut off before. How did they get cut off from the people? Death. You didn't just leave. Uh, you got cut off. It was a permanent thing. You're going to be cut off. Verse 30 and 30. Verse 30. Therefore, you shall keep my ordinances so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs which were committed before you and that you do not defile yourselves by them. Why? I am the Lord, your God. I said, I, I just don't want my people to behave in this way. And so as we end, I, I wanted to end with a, a, a scripture out of first Corinthians chapter six, um, because maybe you heard something over all of this. Everybody here didn't maybe grow up Christian. Maybe some of us have a past that we're not proud of. But maybe you got some stuff right now that you say, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm doing wrong things currently. And what did you do? Not wanting to leave anybody just judge. Not wanting to leave anybody saying, man, I'm doing those things. I'm jacked up. I'm cut off. I'm going to be an abomination. You know, should you be in any of these places? I want to read you a, a section of scripture out of First Corinthians chapter 6. And we'll start at verse 9. First Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. It says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, people having sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, people that have put something above God in their life, nor adulterers, people that are having sex with someone that is married, um, or someone that's married, having sex with someone else other than their spouse, nor homosexuals, someone having sex with someone of the same sex, nor sodomites, that's pretty clear, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And in verse 11, I love, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And God says, look, I'm not apologizing for the truth. You won't go to heaven practicing these things. But as he's speaking to this Corinthian church, he says, but you know what? Such were some of you, but then something happened. You were washed. Washed in what? The blood of Jesus. They got saved. They gave their lives to Christ. They received forgiveness of their sins. You were washed. He didn't stop there. He says you were washed. You were sanctified. That means to be set apart by God, for God. You were justified. Um, it's been said the word justified can mean just as if I never sinned. And you were put in a, your relationship with the Lord now, though you got all that in your past, God said now that you've received Christ, it's just as if you'd never done it. You're justified in his sight because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. So I read that verse because I would want anybody to know if you're in any of these things that you can repent. You can ask the Lord to forgive you. He will. The blood of Jesus was shed to cleanse us of all sins. None of these things are, are, are off the list. God will wash away all of our sins. God calls you to you gotta receive Jesus and repent. Stop doing it. Turn away from whatever it is. And just like these people in First Corinthians six, it could just be part of your past. That's what I was. But I was washed, sanctified, justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I can be forgiven. I want to leave us with that.
If you find that you're convicted, um, don't be condemned. Con- condemnation is like, I feel really bad for what I've done, and I'm just going to feel bad. That's, that's the devil. The devil wants you to feel bad, and that's because there's no, there's no upside to feeling bad. God never does that. God never just says, you nasty, dirty, bad, bad, bad. Go home. He don't do you like that, and I'm not going to do you like that. God says, look, what you're doing is wrong, but I love you. If you come to me, I'll forgive you, and I'll give you strength to walk in newness. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Thanks for tuning in. Leviticus is often a book that gets overlooked and misjudged. Though it seems to be full of meaningless and insignificant rules, nothing can be further from the truth. All of Scripture is so important to understanding not only your faith, but also the heart of God. When God created the Ten Commandments, they weren't meant to control. They were meant to help guide. God desires for all His children to understand that life in Him can be full and rich. And that's all God wants for you too. But He won't force you to live in Him or live by His guidance. You get to choose it. What a gift. If you're looking to dive deeper into Leviticus or other scriptures, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you explore the Word of God on a daily basis. Look on our website, CalvaryInglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Leviticus. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry financially. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support a transforming word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining Pastor Bill again next time, right here on A Transforming Word.